Hey, welcome to another episode of Product Guys. Today we've got the whole crew. We've got Rob, Ahad, Andrew, myself, I am Tim. And today we talk about vision statements. We're going to go through a couple of examples of companies that have good vision statements and companies that don't. And then at the end, we take a stab at creating a vision statement for our podcast. So we hope you enjoy. I'm going to try to define what product vision is. Uh, So first... Product vision, I would say, is really the north star for a particular product that you're working on. It is what you eventually want to achieve in some respect, some directional uh, area that, as product managers, we want to march towards. And so for the brainstorming question for our group today, I'd like to ask everybody, you know, how does product vision affect your day-to-day? And is it important? So maybe we can start with Andrew. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think that's the lifeblood of what an organization is doing, right? Is what are you ultimately working toward? And um, having that aligned understanding uh, across the whole company is really important, right? It's getting back to what's the why. Um, But especially from a product standpoint, that's going to be in essence, your internal hierarchy of how you're prioritizing your team's ability to, to produce new features or um, continue to push or work toward the ultimate vision, whatever it may be. So yeah, it's, it's imperative. Yeah, I can kind of chime in a little bit because I think uh, this is probably the most important thing for me as a product manager. If, if I can set product vision and get buy-in from leadership, I'm happy to do it. If leadership has some sort of vision for me as the product manager to execute, I think that's, that's great. But there cannot be an absence of vision. Otherwise, prioritization has no meaning. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no way to kind of balance whether I do one feature versus another there always needs to be kind of a direction we're marching towards, whether you want to build towards a very kind of big aspiring uh, area or there's a small segment that you want to capture. I think that vision for me absolutely helps answer many of those questions. The personas that I focus on, those are driven by that product vision. So in my day-to-day, you know, if I just look at what it is that, I need the team to build or where I need to focus our efforts. I always first think about that vision and then think about whether or not I can map this feature up to that vision. And also along with the vision, a measure of success. I need to be able to measure how close I am to that vision. And if I don't have a vision and I can't measure that success, my job is kind of pointless. Then you're not really product managing. I don't think, I think you're really just executing tasks. Rob, what do you think about that? Um, It's a great call out, right? I think one of the things that I would latch on there uh, to there is that it's not enough to understand the product vision. It has to be associated with those tasks. Uh, Everything associated with that has to be big and visible. So if we were to look at, um, for instance, Zappos is timely, right? I'm sure they had a number of different metrics around generating customer happiness, which is not the first thing that you would see 
in like a shoe company, for instance, right? But that's, you know, certainly different than their parent company. You know, Amazon wants to be the everything store. So I think one of the key pieces for me as we talk about product vision is around how that translates from, you know, the marketing folks to the development folks to operations or anybody else in the space. And my job as a product manager in the day-to-day is, do I have a slide for that? Do I have clear representation for that? Can Where do people go see what my portion or, or aspect of the product vision is? And if that's not right in front of everybody, all I'm doing is creating more work for myself because then every conversation needs to open up with why things are important and how it relates to the larger you know, firm or organization and the customer and all that. But if it's big and visible and available, then um, kind of to some of the offline conversation we had before this, you get people to empower themselves to drive toward that product vision rather than you having to start at, you know, the 101 level of here's why my ask is important to you. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with it. I think you, go, you all have spoken about how product vision drives the whole team together towards a purpose. And that's exactly what it is. A vision, a product vision conveys purpose, right? Um, a product vision reveals what your customer problems are uh, and what your solution might be. Um, and this also just brings me, just to add on to what you guys have said, this is why it's so important to have a, the right product vision in place. And that's, I think some people overlook this and make it a very trivial exercise of just writing a couple of sentences. I think it requires a lot of thought that goes into it. And that's why it's not an easy job to write uh, a good product vision that makes everyone's job easy. Just like what Rob said, that if you don't have a defined product vision as a product manager, it makes your life very difficult because there are a lot of frequent questions, repeated questions of why we're doing this. So I think a product vision needs to be uh, well thought out. It should be very clear. It should be a clear description of, and it has to revolve around your customer, right? It has to be a very clear description of what is the value that your product is delivering to its customers. Um, and, and when you read it, anybody who reads it from the, in the team or from the customer standpoint of view, they need to feel excited about it. They need to feel happy about it that, hey, this is what this product is giving me as a customer or as a developer. Hey, this is what I'm creating for my customer. And this is the value that will bring to them. So I think it's one of the key areas of product management, defining the correct product vision. So I, I think it might be interesting to kind of explore the product visions of a couple of different companies. You know, we might kind of get into a little gray area where is it product vision or is it company vision? Um, but I want to just read Apple's product vision or Apple's corporate vision. I think it, it does a good job kind of articulating what a vision could be. And then we can kind of talk about a company or a product that doesn't have a great vision and uh, compare and contrast, see how that's different. So Apple's corporate vision is to make the best products on earth and to leave the world better than we found it. So that's not very specific, right? But it's, it's amazing because you can always, you know, take the iPhone and map it up to see, oh, well, how is the iPhone making, uh, how is the iPhone the best product on earth? I, 
I think as product managers, all four of us have iPhones. Maybe that speaks to uh, that that effort where the Apple iPhone is one of the best design products around. And to leave the world better than we found it, I don't, you know, I think that's maybe arguable whether pre or post smartphone, pre or post iPhone, the world is better. But I would say that the world is definitely different and we can certainly feel empowered with an iPhone in our pockets. So that's Apple's corporate vision. And I think it's interesting that it's it's not that vague or it's it's pretty vague. It's not very specific, but you can certainly see how everything that Apple does maps up to that one sentence. Um, so I, I love just that. Just comment on the Apple vision that you just read out loud. Um, so it doesn't have to be, it's not specific, but at the same time, it's timeless, right? So it's something that transcends through time. It's not something immediate for a particular product. It's through for a whole assembly of products which will be used by customers in the coming years. So I like that part of that vision that it's timeless. Yeah, and so I was thinking about it. What is a company that does have a great vision? It's funny because you don't even think of that company at all. Like, what is Kodak's vision today? Maybe they had a great vision back in the day. But today, what is their vision? How are they executing, you know? Yeah, and to your point, I think that part of the part of the vision is also in how the market perceives you in executing against that vision. So, so much of what it is that you say as you're creating your brand and your and your vision um, is in the proof, right? Instinctively, we want to prove it. So, you went to Apple immediately. All of us tried to get some telemetry around. Does that make sense? Does that feel right? Um, and I think that as we look at it as a product team, that's that's where the litmus test is. Customers are going to come to us and we only have X number of opportunities to drive whether this is in fact true. So how do we make sure that it's true on every level, right? If we're going to be talking about, you know, I'll think of Disney, right? Um, uh, you know, when you go and you're you're calling them or you're staying at one of their resorts or you're looking at one of their movies or you're dealing with an associated brand, you're always going back to, is this really the happiest place on earth? <laughs> um, and a lot of times they absolutely pass that litmus test, right? Anytime you've ever called, I've ever called or, you know, even just articulated a challenge or, you know, some level of sentimentality, they have responded very specifically with the, the Disney World brand. And let's go over Disney's vision statement because I think that's awesome. Uh, that you brought up this is this the happiest place on earth and immediately i knew that was disney right that's good marketing um disney's vision is to be one of the world's leading producers and providers of entertainment and information so i i don't know have they succeeded there that's that's kind of a good vision yeah their previous version of this vision was make people happy and that was it wow and so how they're evolving their vision, that's also interesting. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I just wanted to add <clears throat> from the evolving vision standpoint, even just back to the Kodak example, um, you need to be flexible, right? And Kodak just didn't innovate enough or they weren't really, I guess, aware of the changing landscape of their respective industries. So um like certainly from a company perspective, but also from a product standpoint, 
being aware, right, of, of what our competitors doing, but also where is your industry or where is your value proposition going to be in the minds of the hierarchy of the consumer, not even just this year, but five or 10 years out and, and continuing to evolve that. Um, so certainly aligns with the flexible uh, vision, um, but, but just wanted to sprinkle on the innovation. Um, That's such a good call out. You, I think a company's vision, the product vision, a corporate vision, if your company only has one product, maybe they're the same thing, right? But the ability to be flexible, you have to have a vague enough vision to where you can innovate kind of at the, from the grassroots, right? From, from kind of let the product manager innovate for you, but then as needed, be able to pivot to a vision that more closely aligns with the time, the changing landscape of the marketplace you always have to make sure that your north star that direction you're sending all your employees towards is still relevant and so disney at one point was to make everyone happy and it did that very well for a long time now in the information age lots of things make people happy to stay relevant while they also deliver information a little different for disney but that keeps them relevant makes that north star relevant makes the vision still applicable. Um, interesting story. I, while we were talking, I looked up Kodak's vision. I've just been Googling this. I looked up Kodak vision. Nothing came up. I looked up Kodak vision statement, and I have this paragraph. Now compare that to the Disney one-liner, the Apple one-liner. Very different. Successful companies have a great vision. Maybe you should be able to articulate that in one line, whether it's a and. and- and I, I'll feel remiss if I don't include this. I apologize for interrupting, Tim, but I think I am skewed because I am a huge Tesla fan, but their mission statement is so utterly clear and easy to internalize. And I'll read it quick. It's Tesla's mission is to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. Perfect. That's it. Perfect. See, successful companies, very clear vision. You know the direction, but it doesn't tell you how to do it. I love that. And I think right. that's maybe one of the reasons why Kodak lost their grip on this this big industry of digital pictures, um, and they're just nowhere right now. And I was also reading that there are, there's a very high percentage of companies who just don't have a vision. It's not just about having the right vision, they just don't have it. So I, I totally agree. I mean, if you want to be successful, competitive, it's very important to have a good, effective vision. And I think to to the point, right, to deliver on that vision, you know, it's it's important that when I think of Tesla, I think people know what I think of. I think of the car, right? I, I think of, oh, yeah, there are a lot of other things, but most importantly, there's a deliverable. When I think of Kodak, there's no deliverable there. And part of the challenge, I think, with Disney is they have to decide where their brand lives. Is it Disney Plus? Is it Star Wars? Is it the parks, um, especially in the pandemic, right? Um, because you, I think it's, it's very real uh, from a concern perspective as a product manager that you could get too broad to be able to articulate what it is that you're, what you want to do and how it is that you're doing it for the customer, right? So I'm thinking of GE as I say that, right? right. What does GE do for me? Uh, they they could do a lot of things, but you know I haven't thought of them in in years really, right? 
Um, certainly it's not that something that's going to, you know, drive me to their product over a competitor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our apologies to Kodak and GE, <laughs> very successful companies in the past, but today is just a great use case. Uh, I, I will say that I think the GE brand still holds value for me personally. If I see a light bulb or maybe I see an oven, it says GE or it says some other brand. I might be tempted to go GE, you know? I don't know if anyone else feels that way. I think it's just like what Rob said. Uh, these companies like GE, they're just so humongous. Uh, we just don't, we don't, as users, we are just users of specific facet of that company. We don't use all the products of that company. So it's difficult for GE to define a vision uh, just like what Tesla does. And I think, uh, Rob, you were really on point when you also included Disney in that example because of the way situation is changing nowadays. Everything is going on uh, streaming services. And I just went back on uh, the Disney website and they, do they just don't have a vision there anymore. So now they have a mission statement, which is initially they had uh, the other one, the simple, the, the simple vision, uh, that was make people happy. Now they have this paragraph, our mission statement, which is trying to encompass all the new things that they're doing. And I would like to read it out. It says the mission of the Walt Disney Company is to entertain, inform, and inspire people around the globe through the power of unparalleled storytelling, reflecting the iconic brands, creative minds, and innovative technologies that make ours the world's premier entertainment company that's just one big sentence replacing the other one which was make people happy because and i'm sure this is going to evolve in the next coming years or months as they try to find their own niche in the this big market so it's really difficult when you're ge's or disney's to have a solid vision as you have for tesla right so not set in stone but should probably be relevant for a amount of time hopefully at least a, a few years before you redirect. So with, so with that, what do you guys think? You want to give it a stab? What is our podcast's uh, vision, vision statement, product statement, corporate vision? Ooh, I think, I think part of the challenge is that all of us are going to bring our own take on that. Right. So there's a, you know, a, a real balance when you're looking at product vision between making something that can be consensus and something that's homogenous, right? Because you, you run that risk of not differentiating yourself enough and seeming bland in the conversation, right? No one, no one wants the, you know, Diet Coke version of, of your product, Right. So I think these are going to be very interesting. Well, good thing Rob gets to go first, but I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that statement. Uh, I think I think the one thing I did notice from all the vision statements are there's really no mention of competition, although we all know that competition and marketplace needs to drive that vision statement in some way it contributes to it. But yeah, we're totally going to have all different visions and the and the task for the product manager or all four of us is let's get to a place where we're all aligned because everyone in the company, so every, all four of us needs to all love, agree with, and feel passionate about that vision, that one, two sentence that we come up with. 
we all need to believe in it, then you have a great vision, right? It's because everyone marches towards that direction. Yeah, I agree. So like I said, it's, this is a very, uh, it's not a very simple exercise of having a, a description of uh, as a vision, but we, we can definitely share our initial thoughts. And it's, it's going to be an interesting exercise to then all share our opinions and come up with one final vision for this podcast. Let's do it. That's going to be fun. All right, Rob, kick it off, my man. Sure. Um, so first draft in my head is, uh, quote, make product management exciting and accessible for anyone who hears our podcast. Nice. Nice one. I like that. You want to volunteer as a second? Otherwise, yeah. go ahead, Ahad. Um, so from this podcast, we want to create pro- – no, not create. So with this podcast, we want to have happy listeners who are product managers by discussing their everyday problems and giving viable solutions. Nice. Nice. All right, Andrew, you want to go next? You want to go last? Okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go last. Uh, so what, what do we do? Uh, the product guys inform the world through the lens of product. That's it. Cool. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. the short and sweet. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I really like what everyone said so far. Um, I will go with um, creating a thought-provoking environment where we're looking at the world or our lives from a product lens, but also... Um... All right, we lost Andrew, but we'll have him repeat that. Uh, sorry, guys. Um so creating a uh, thought-provoking environment, allowing the world or work to be viewed <clears throat> to be viewed through a product lens, um, but also just from a strategic lens. <clears throat> okay, so those are all very awesome. What were the differences? How do we align it to one thing that we all love? And we're going to have some guests. I have already talked some folks into joining whenever we're ready. We're going to have a backend developer to talk, to give some, I guess, perspective from a developer in which product people will work frequently with. I've got a close friend, neighbor, and listener that is a pretty big deal in the design world. He works for a pretty big, uh, pretty famous company. So maybe we'll get that person on. He's listened to all episodes. So, uh, thank you uh, if he's listening to this and we will hopefully get more and more perspectives. And for us, we're always, we're product managers. That's who we are. It's what we do. So we're going to put that product spin on it every time. Yeah. Thank you to Tim's friend for listening to our podcast. Uh, you were the first person I can visualize listening to our podcast. I thought it was only just us four re-listening to our podcast after recording it. So thank you for being our first listener. And that's the episode. Next time, we're going to cover the difference between a corporate vision statement and a product vision. We'll talk to you next time.